Kristen. And I'm Bethany. And this is Looking for the Middle. A Christian Girl's Guide to Modern Dating. We are just two single <laughs> girls who have a focusing problem. We've tried this like four times. Oh my gosh. We're just trying to help you navigate dating well. Let's be real. That's what it comes down yeah. to. You've heard it before. And if we go down some rabbit trails along the way, then... So be it. So be it. That's just us. So. Yeah. Welcome to a day in the life of Bethany and Kristen. <laughs> we should totally do a day in the life. We thing. should do like a on vlog. our stories. Yes. Oh, P.S. If y'all aren't following us on Instagram, you should because because I'm actually posting again. Well, I yes, I was sick and then I didn't for like a week. Yes. Well, and we're trying to post on our stories more. <laughs> I forget this is in the future, but we're trying to post more and let you guys see us kind of in our everyday yes. lives and not just. In the pretty little podcast package well, that you they get don't twice see a week. In That's this true. package anyway. That's true. You don't ever really see us unless so if it's our, on a picture. If our follower numbers start going down, we know, we'll know why. It's of the, they're like, oh, they oh are gosh. not fun. No, they're annoying. And kind of weird looking. If you don't think we're annoying by now, thank you. Let's That's just... a really good point. So, Do you ever look at your friends and you're like, how are you not annoyed with me? Yes. Like, how? Wh- why do you still hang out with me? I really do. Because I try really hard to annoy you and mm-hmm. you're still here. And you're still here. <laughs> That's when you know you've got good friends. For real. Because they just annoy you right back. Exactly. And that's why you love each other. And that's love. Wow. That's all I want out of life. But we are here today because we want you to be able to combat loneliness. Yes. And we're going to talk about how friends play into that later, yes. actually. So it all comes full circle. It does. We are getting somewhere, people. But Eventually. <laughs> first, before we do, Bethany has the question of the day. Oh, I forgot it again. You had a story? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. okay. What... Is your favorite smell? Mahogany teakwood. If you don't have a mahogany teakwood candle from uh, Bath and Body Works, go get one. It smells like the most attractive man you'll ever meet. It does. I've said if I ever meet someone who smells like that in real life, I'll marry him on the spot. No questions. Yes. Mahogany teakwood. We can just have the same answer. Well, it's fine. actually, I have a secondary Okay. Answer. Well, let me finish about Frederick. Okay. Well, yes. I should probably tell them why we call him Frederick. <laughs> okay. So I have this mahogany teakwood candle from Bath and Body Works. High like intensity. Said, makes a difference. Go get one. So what I do is I have a little wax melter thing that makes the whole room smell good. And so I take a spoon and like scoop out this candle and put it in the <laughs> wax melters. <laughs> I was watching Persuasion. With a friend of mine years ago. And we had that melting in the background. And Frederick is the main hunk in Persuasion. Uh, I don't think I've ever heard you use the word hunk I don't think Jane Austen actually used it either. But that's beside the point. So anyway, I just said, you know, if Frederick were real, that's what he would smell like. And ever since then, we just call it Frederick. Yes. That's the the candle's name. And I mean, it's widespread. Like, everybody just knows Frederick. Yeah. People in her church... Our friends, our guy friends. I was like, the guys even know that. No, That's we're Frederick. talking about Frederick. We're talking about the meto- mahogany teakwood yeah, candle. It's so good. So Go yes, get one. Go get one. And yeah, they actually have a, like a men's cologne of that fragrance now. And I am embarrassed to say I almost went in Bath and Body Works and bought one. I was like, okay, the next time I'm dating someone, I already have it like ready. Why don't you? I'm sitting here thinking, why don't we go do that? Like, after okay, we we're can do that when we're done here. We'll go do that. Or like spray it on your pillow before you go to bed at night. That's a bit much. I don't. We're talking about combating loneliness. Okay, that okay. will not that will do not it. Help. We that do not endorse help. that. Okay, no. I don't. She does. Anyway. I do have a favorite smell, though, besides that. Okay. But is that your for real favorite one, probably? Yes. Okay. For sure. So second place. Second place is, and it has to be when I'm in the car. This is weird, but I'm driving car windows down in the fall. Okay. It's like cool, crisp air. Yeah. And someone's having a fire. 
or oh, grilling something and yeah. you have that like smoky there's just it reminds me it's of football good. season mm-hmm. and just fall in general in Georgia which is so yeah. amazing so that would be a close second. That's a good one. They so. probably have a candle for that they at Bath probably, and Body Works, too. Well, yes, they do, I think. Do they actually. really? I think so. <laughs> I have a campfire coffee candle from Bath and Body Works. That's also Ooh, a good one. It's kind of like a smoky coffee. vanilla coffee. Yeah, I don't like coffee, but I love the smell, love the smell. of it. Mm-hmm. So, ooh, I might have to check that one out. Go. What you need to do, people, this is just free tips for you. You're welcome. Wait till Bath and Body Works has the 50% off. Yeah. Yeah. Buy one, get one free, or buy two, get one free, whatever it is. Candles. And then go buy buy to your heart's content. You will not regret it. Also, Bath and Body Works, if you want to help a couple (laughs) girls out who have just spent 10 minutes majorly plugging your brand, uh, you can find us on Instagram. Yes. Thank you. We take payment in candles. Yes, we take (laughs) payment in candles for sure. (laughs) Okay, so for real, let's talk about combating loneliness, which does not include spraying good smelling cologne on your pillow. No. Bethany, what does it include? <laughs> I, I think that help. actually plays right into our first point, which is don't confuse love with loneliness. That's loneliness. Yes. 100%. For sure. Okay. So what I mean by that is don't, or I guess I should probably say that the other way around. Don't confuse loneliness with love. Don't confuse wanting someone with wanting this person that you're with. I remember when Mel was getting married, and this was, I think, early on in their dating. So, Trey, if you're listening to this, don't worry. No big deal. (laughs) But mom asked Mel, she was like, okay, do you want to be with someone or do you want to be with this guy, with Trey? And so I think that's just a really good way of thinking about this. Am I just lonely and I just want someone around? Or do, or do I really like this guy? Am I really interested in this guy? I'm talking about if you're at the point of decision of, okay, there's this guy that I'm dating, that we've been seeing each other. Am I just lonely? Do I just want someone around or do I want this guy? So just be really careful not to confuse those two things because I think you can. I think you can convince yourself for a while that you're really in love with this guy when in reality you overlook things you shouldn't. Because you just want someone to be there. You're tired of being by yourself. And I know it's a temptation from experience. I get it. But you've got to stick to your guns. You've got to hold that line and it will be okay. (laughs) Yes. This is where I would highly encourage you to do not. I say this with all the love in my heart. Do not text your ex. Ever. Ever. Period. Nope. Period, period, period. (laughs) Now we've all been here. Okay, I've done this more times than I would care to admit, because when we feel lonely, we start convincing ourselves that it really wasn't that bad with the last guy you dated or the guy before that or the guy before that. And you just kind of romanticize what it used to be or what you wished it had been in your mind. And you think, well, I'm lonely, but things are really great with him. You won't actually say you're lonely, but you're like, oh, I miss him. No, you just want somebody there. (laughs) Absence makes the heart grow fonder. It also makes it a little delusional. Yeah. (laughs) That needs to be a (laughs) t-shirt. I would totally wear a t-shirt with that on it. So what you're fonder for is probably not the reality of what the situation was when he was around. And I think for me, that's how I know I'm well and truly over someone. Is if I do look back and there's not ever like, oh, I, oh, it wasn't, I probably made a bigger deal out of that. I miss having him around. I'm, if I'm like, no, I, I'm good. I'm, yeah, that's, I'm like, okay, I am well and truly over it. Over it and moved on. Yeah. So I would really encourage you just don't text one of your exes when you're feeling lonely. Text your friends. 
call your mom. That's the best one. Yes. Yeah. Anything. And I, Bethany and I have had this conversation. I've had this conversation with Melanie and a couple other of my friends where I'll tell them like, hey, I'm really missing such and such. And they're like, okay, well, talk to me about this and then talk to me about what you were going to text him. (laughs) And I'll tell you why you're crazy. Exactly. (laughs) And so it's great, I think, to have one or two of those friends where you can be like, hey, I'm really wanting to text so-and-so. Yeah. And they can be like, okay, well, don't. So let's talk. (laughs) Yeah. And they can be there for you in a moment where you do feel lonely, but then you're not making a decision that you will later regret. Because let's be real, 95% of the time, I would say, you text your ex when you feel lonely and then you wake up the next morning and you're like, why did I do that? Why did I open that can of worms? (laughs) And you immediately regret it because it was a decision based out of emotion, not out of... A sound, rational, discerning mind. So, rule number one, don't text your ex. Rule number two, don't date someone just so you can say you're dating someone when people ask. And honestly, when I read that in the notes, I was like, nobody does that. Like, my thought was, man, you got to be some kind of desperate and lonely to be dating someone you don't like strictly so people don't ask you that. Then, I kind of thought about it. I was like, actually, that was probably a little harsh because I can kind of see, like, the more I thought about it, I reeled it in. I was like, okay, I can see that. But I know it's annoying when people ask you if you're dating someone or why not? Or you're such a nice girl. Why aren't you seeing anyone? I'm like, I don't know, Karen. Leave me alone. (laughs) It's always Karen. (laughs) Always Karen. Why is that? I don't know. Because it's just the name that flows out. That's the name me and my roommates used to. It's always. And you see it online. I know that's why it's partly in your head. But like even before, it's like, why was that the the name? But anyway. If your name is Karen, I'm very sorry. (laughs) You're probably a very nice person. I'm sure you are. We can come up with a different one. Gertrude? Um, I don't know, Gertrude. (laughs) Ethel? (laughs) Ethel. That's a good one. Let's go with Ethel. I don't know, Ethel. I don't know why no one loves me. I can't figure it out. Leave me alone. (laughs) So totally understand if you want to date somebody to avoid that is what we're saying. I get it. I get it. But settling is never worth it. No, never. Never worth it. Never, ever. Have you ever met anyone who's been married for 10 years and they're like, you know, I really settled when I started dating him and I'm so glad I did because it turned out well. No, that doesn't happen. No one. If somebody settled, they're very aware of it and they're not happy about it. Right. 10 years down the road. Settling? Is not the same thing as compromise. No. Great distinction. Just because you gave up some of those things on your list doesn't mean you settled. So those are not synonymous, just putting that out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There Tom- are plenty of people who said, you know what? I really wanted to marry someone who was really tall with dark hair. But my husband's 5'8 and blonde. That's not settling. There are plenty of people really happy they did that. Oh, for that's sure. That's not what I'm talking about. No. We're talking about settling in regards to character and faith and things that are more non-negotiable the things that are your Mm non-negotiables if you budge on those that's settling Mm -hmm. budging on preferences is not settling it's compromising yeah exactly Exactly. i'm really glad you made that distinction and that's where i know you will get to a point where you will want to but do not let desperation tempt you to settle you have standards for a reason insert clapping emojis (laughs) I know that probably just hurts some of your ears if you had this turned up really loud. But you have standards for a reason. And y'all know I get up on my soapbox about standards and about not settling because it's just, like Bethany said, it's never, ever, ever, ever worth it or a good idea. And you will be so glad that you did not settle later on. Well, and the perfect example or support for that. We read a book. We actually read this book before we started this podcast. It was very inspirational. It's called She's Got the Wrong Guy. Highly recommend. Why smart 
was it what's the subtitle like why smart women settle yes something like that but he had a quote in there that was so pertinent to this it said feeling lonely when you're married is way worse than feeling lonely when you're single so that, that hit me so hard. Yeah. That's where settling will get you. Now, just because you don't settle doesn't mean you're immune to that. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying the likelihood of it goes way up. And you don't want to find yourself in that scenario down the road because you weren't willing to wait on the front end. So hold to those standards. Keep the keep your course. Don't let the Karens and the Ethels of the world <laughs> get you all ruffled. Yeah, because waiting... I know everybody says the wait is so worth it. And you're like, oh, yeah, go put it on a Pinterest quote and call it a day. It's always the person who's done waiting that says that. I'm just going to point out. I doesn't mean they're wrong. No. I'm just saying. But it's very easy for them to say when their waiting period is over. But one of my all-time favorite quotes about waiting, Charles Stanley said this. He said, our willingness to wait reveals the value we place on the object we're waiting for. Yes. And I have thought about this so much. I'm like, if there is anything... That I feel like will be worth the wait. It will be, if I'm going to get married, it will be for this guy. Yeah. One story I will tell very quickly. This is kind of like my analogy that I use about (laughs) it. But when I was 14, I I started looking for a car Uh because... I was about to get my learners and my parents given me, you know, the rules and the budget and whatever. And I wanted a Mustang. As every 14, 15, 16-year-old kid (laughs) does. So I found... Mustang after Mustang in the budget of like $5,000. <laughs> so you can imagine these things were like 10 years old and had 250,000 miles on them and were so ugly and beat up and the insurance would have been awful and all these things I didn't understand. The gas mileage was like 12 miles a gallon. I didn't know what any of it was. I just knew, oh, it's in the budget. So it's, it can be great. And my parents were like, no, 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 no. This is not going to work, which now I understand why. Fast forward 10 years I wasn't even planning on ever getting a Mustang. I had kind of come, the practical side of me had settled in and be like, okay, I'm going to be a responsible adult and I'll go buy a Hyundai that's a four-door and get good gas mileage and call it a day. <laughs> and then my mom was finally like, Kristen, if you don't get one now, you're never going to get one. And if your parents are telling you to live a little, you probably should. <laughs> so I start looking. Sure enough, I end up buying a Mustang that was only three years old. It was in my budget. It got great gas mileage like 25 miles a gallon, which is unheard of with a sports car and had all these super cool features that I never like the, you can change the lighting of all the gauges and in the cup holders. It's really cool. Just all heated and cooled seats. Didn't know cooled seats were a thing. P.S. Cooled seats make you feel like you peed yourself. But <laughs> oh my word, I didn't think of that. Yes. But when you're like all hot. Yeah, Ew. it's a weird feeling. It feels great eventually, but it's a little weird to adjust to. Anyways, my point is I waited 10 years for this car and honestly thought I would never end up with one. I ended up getting way more than I thought of way things that I never even knew existed and it made the wait so it made it so much more special because I'd waited for it. I remember driving that car home and being like, I was giddy and just giggling. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, this is my car. I can't believe this. <laughs> and it was just so sweet. And I think about that all the time of like, how great is this going to be when whatever I'm waiting for hopefully finally happens and how sweet that will be because I've truly waited mm-hmm. for what I wanted and for God's best. Yeah. And not just settled and bought the 10 year old 250,000 mile beat up Mustang, <laughs> yeah. you know? Well, and you were talking about people who say, oh, waiting is so worth it. But another thing is, And I think I've told this story on here before. 
but it won't hurt anyone to hear it again. You always, people say, you know, there's purpose in waiting. There's a reason for it, which kind of like we were saying, it's like, okay, that I get it. I intellectually, I know that is true, but I don't see that now. Well, I saw it in action. Oh man, it's probably been three years ago. There is a lady that my family has known for years. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, my, the, she's known my parents and grandparents before I was born. So I mean, like we have known her forever. Uh, she had always, when I say she'd always been single, I mean, she'd never gotten married. She dated, she had, I think she was close to being engaged a couple of times. One of the absolute sweetest people I have ever met in my entire life, but she had never been married. Well, she got married. What was it probably three years ago? Yeah, it's we'll been say pretty three recent. years ago for the sake yeah. of the story. Late 40s, early 50s, probably. And the the man that she married was a pastor who had been married before, but his wife had gotten sick and passed away several years prior to them meeting. But that's her husband. That's who God had for her. But he had another path for him to walk. So there was purpose in that waiting. They they couldn't be together sooner because God had that path for him to walk of being married previously, of losing his wife, of all these things to prepare them for each other. And so it was just uh, sitting there at that wedding. It was so cool. It really struck me. I was like, you know what? There was purpose in that. You were able to see like a tangible result of that. And that was just really cool to see. I love so. that story. Well, and... Bethany and I have even talked about this too in if we had both got married two, three, four years ago, like this podcast would not exist. Yeah. We did this out of a state of, hey, we're single. We have friends that we talk to this stuff uh, to about this stuff all the time. So clearly there are probably other people asking the same questions. Let's start this. Yeah. And we've had the ability and the time and the perspective experience and perspective exactly to do it. So you yeah, never but- know. What could be wrapped up in your waiting period? Oh, yeah. We've literally said to each other, what if we're single right now to do this? Mm-hmm. Which makes it totally worth it. Oh, it does. It's worth You just it said it yourself. It. Like we, And we I'm did, saying it. I'm actually in we it. We get it. We get it. <laughs> so, yeah. So, we get that there's purpose. We get that it's worth waiting for. But when you're stuck in what seems to be a forever period of singleness, We'll just call it an extended period of singleness. What are some practical ways to lessen that burden of loneliness? The first thing that I would say is to not wallow in your loneliness or singleness. And I got assigned this point, <laughs> aka I assigned myself this point because I'm not good at this. <laughs> um, now, like we said a couple weeks ago, it's okay to address your feelings and emotions as you're feeling them. I'm not saying suppress all of that and don't deal with it, but you shouldn't let them linger. So, like, for instance, you can have them over for lunch, but they don't get to move in. Yes. Like, very quick, <laughs> yes. brief. My small group leader was telling us a couple weeks ago that she had a friend who would give herself a five-minute window every day that if she was feeling upset or like sad about something she would let herself for five minutes she could throw a pity party every day it was if she wanted to she didn't do it every day okay no I was like, but if there was something bothering her that day she knew i've got five minutes to wallow in this and i can feel sad and angry and cry and whatever but as soon as the five minutes up we're gonna wrap it up and we're gonna move forward and i'm not gonna just let this sit yeah and just dwell on it for hours and hours and days or weeks or yeah, however long i think when you do you're not trusting God. 
No. You're just going on and on and on about this horrible situation he's put you in. You're questioning his goodness. You're questioning his love for you. And so we are human and we live in a fallen world. So you're going to deal with things that are not fun. And you don't like them and they don't feel good. And yes, sometimes you just got to get that out. It's not always the correct response, the way you do that. But I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, no, we don't do that. Yeah. Like, please. Oh, please. We you all need, do. Yeah. So I, I get that. I think have a person that you are comfortable talking to about your struggles, that you know they're safe with, that you don't worry that they're going to talk to them, talk someone else about it. But then also trust that person enough to tell them, hey, you've got to call me on my crap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you've got to call me on my wallowing. Yeah. And then when they do, don't bristle. Yeah. Listen to them. Yeah. Because you've given them that freedom and that authority in your life to be able to tell you that. So you need to take it seriously. Yeah. I know I've given Bethany that freedom. And and you know a lot of times you're like, okay, I know that I'm making a bigger deal out of this than there is. But let me just talk to you. And she'll be like, you know what? You're right. Now what are we going to do about this? Let's move forward and address it. So. Yeah, I think that's a really good step. Another thing, and we've talked about this before, but know yourself, have some self-awareness, yes. and know your triggers of what triggers you to feel lonely or sad or want to wallow. Don't you feel like we're so millennial? We talking are. Talking about triggers. Triggers. <laughs> so relevant. I know. Hashtag relevant. Um, <laughs> but try to avoid those things as best you can. I know one thing that we've talked about for me, rom-coms and Taylor Swift music, or I have certain playlists I have made for when I'm sad. Mm. Okay, that I will go there. Uh huh. Yes, sometimes I still go there. But <laughs> if I know if I'm being lonely, I don't need to go watch a rom com because I will feel worse about myself, and I will just sit there and be like, I just want a boyfriend so bad, and it won't yeah. help anything. Yeah. Uh, another one that kind of feeds in with that one is just lots of time in general, where you're not like like lots of it. Just Not empty time. Yeah. It, no. Yeah. Empty free time yeah. with nothing to do. You're just sitting in front of a TV, probably. Uh, one thing that I personally do if I'm kind of, if I find myself in that place is I'll just go work from Starbucks or, you know, I work from home a good bit. So I have extended periods of time just there by myself. So I'll go work from Starbucks or I will take a lunch break and go for a drive and change of scenery, that kind of thing. But Take a lap at Target. Yeah, for real. Sometimes you just need a change of scenery to just kind of break that pattern of thought. Get yourself out of that headspace a little bit. No, I think that's so good. And I have to be really mindful of this and really making sure that I'm spending my time well and filling my time well during these seasons where it's super tempting to just want to stay in bed and eat ice cream and watch sad movies. Yeah, because we talk about a lot. Go do those things you can do. When you're single, take advantage. Some of those things are, you'd have a lot of time to yourself. You can lay in bed and sleep till noon and watch, you know, movies all day on Saturday or whatever. That doesn't mean you always should. Yes. Just because you can go do all of these things doesn't mean it's always the right choice. Mm -mm. So part of this is just making good choices, making smart, self-controlled decisions about what is truly best. Yeah. Just having wisdom in that. Yeah. For sure. Okay, before I say this next one, this was a little, this was hard to put on here but a I little bit, but it's very important. And I think it's true for a lot more people than just us. If people agree. are truly honest. I agree. I think one trigger for loneliness could be certain friends you have who are in relationships. 
Sure. Friends, acquaintances, people at church, mm-hmm. whatever. People in general who have what you want. Yes. And especially people who talk about it a lot. Yes. Can be mm-hmm. particularly difficult to be around. I know. And this is where I struggle because there's balance there. Mm-hmm. Because think of it this way. If that were you, you would want to talk about it and you'd want everyone to just be okay with it. Does that mean you shouldn't talk about it? No. But be sen- like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I go back and forth on what I think because I'm like, you need to, we on this side need to be okay with it. We need to be happy for them. We, but at the, at the same time, I don't want to hear about that all the time. I am so glad that you're happy and you love your boyfriend and you're planning a wedding and whatever. That's fantastic. But if you can't talk about anything else. That's my thing is like there's got to be variety in conversation because if you're one of those people that every time I talk to you, everything always circles back to you and your wedding and your boyfriend and your whoever, I'm going to start pulling back. And I get that's a huge part of your life. So obviously that's what you would talk about. I would want you to bring him up. We talk about this podcast a ton because it's a big part of our life. It's what we spend a lot of time doing. But I know it's annoying if that's all we talked about. Mm -hmm. So if you're on the side of not having a boyfriend and you are in that lonely place, give grace mm-hmm. to that friend because nine times out of 10, they're not trying to rub it in your face. No. They're just talking about their life and they're excited and happy. Yeah. But on the other hand, if you're that friend, show some grace as well and remember how it was for you. Mm-hmm. Remember being on the other side of that too. Mm-hmm. I know I've, I'm walking through this for the second time now. <laughs> the first time Anybody else in the middle of wedding season? Can I get an amen? <laughs> um, the first wedding, big wedding season I went through was a couple years ago. If you've listened to the podcast, you've heard me talk about this. But three of my closest friends got married within a year of each other. They all got engaged within six months of each other. So it was a boom, boom, boom kind of a thing. And I remember one day I was on the treadmill, which is not somewhere you typically find me. Um, <laughs> but for whatever reason, I was on the treadmill. And... My podcasts weren't working, which may have been God's way of being like, you need to talk to me. So I start praying and I'm talking to God and I'm like telling him, you know, Lord, this is really hard. I am really happy for my friends and I'm excited for them. And I know this is a really big step they're taking, but this is really difficult to walk through. And it was like the Holy Spirit just like put this on my heart. Like, what if you started praying for your friends? And what they're getting instead of you wallowing in the fact that you're not getting it. And so, like, okay, well, let's try that. Why not? So I start praying for all my friends and their fiancé and the season they're in and their marriages and their possible future children. Like, anything I could think of. And it was amazing how my heart changed when you shift that focus Mm -hmm. to what I don't have. But let me pray for my friends who are getting this. Yeah. And, two, another thing on top of that is I had... A really honest conversation with Melanie, which I felt very safe to have with Melanie because she's my best friend. But I told her, I was like, look, I am so happy for you. I am your biggest cheerleader through all of this. There will be days where this will be hard for me. I just want you to know. And she was so sensitive to it and was always very conscious of like, I don't want to just talk to you about this all the time. Like, I want to know what's going on in your life and I want to talk about other things and not. And she's like, if I get to that point, where I'm only talking about Trey and our wedding. Please stop me and yeah. make me talk about something else. So I think that's all of our intentions. We never want to just make somebody feel bad or rub anything in anybody's face. But I think it's good to have those honest conversations with your friends if you have that kind of a relationship with them. Yes. To be like, hey, I love you. So excited. 
there may be a couple days where I have a little bit of a hard time with this just because of the stage of life I'm in. And so knowing what triggers that and knowing how you react to those things and making a shift, whether that's praying for them, whether that's having these conversations, I think are super important as you're walking through this extended period of singleness Yeah, and trying to combat being or feeling lonely. Yeah. And at the beginning, like you were saying, know yourself and know what, you know, makes this difficult and try to avoid it. And that's valid. But you, you can't just avoid your friends and you shouldn't. No. So I think there's something to be said for too, knowing those things, knowing what they are and preparing yourself ahead of time to rightly walk through that, to Mm -hmm. honor the Lord by walking through that well, by preferring your friends, by loving your friends, not avoiding them. Just wanted to throw that. I think that's a given, but just Yeah, no, I totally agree. And that's, I mean, I prayed going into every bridal shower, every bachelorette party, every rehearsal dinner, every ceremony. I was having to be like, Lord, I need you to give me the true contentment of where I'm at right now. And remind me that this is not about me right now. And this is a great way for me to show love to my friend and help me to do that well. Mm-hmm. Whatever I'm about to walk into. And he came through every single time. And he always will. And he always will. Yeah. So the flip side of that, though, just for a second, we talked about friends who are in relationships can make loneliness harder. I would contend, though, that friends who aren't in relationships can also make it a little difficult because, oh, man, a pity party is one thing. But when you have three, four, five girls together, all having a pity party together about the same thing. Whoo! It gets intense real quick, and sometimes they're hard to come back from. I'm just going to say. Oh, they are. We've done this. We have. And then we've had to say, okay, no more. Real All done. We're not talking about this. This is not helpful. We're not getting anywhere. We've got to stop. So just be aware of that side of it as well. Those are some things we do. We think about. We talk about. We deal with. But I think overall, just kind of wrap it up. In Ephesians, it talks about putting things off and putting things on. So at the end of the day, you can choose to put off loneliness and put on contentment in Christ. Mm-hmm. Put on contentment with where he has you. Put on contentment with the people he has in your life, the situations you're in, the job you have, the boy you're dating, the boy you're not dating, the no boys on the horizon thing. <laughs> Whatever it is, you can choose to be content because you have been created and saved and are being sanctified by a Savior who loves you. And at the end of the day, that's what truly matters. Preach it. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. That's actually all you're saying because I didn't say anything. You just handled that so well. (laughs) So that's what we would leave you with today when you're fighting loneliness. Yes. And we're here with you guys. We are cheering for you. We're praying for you. We know it's hard, but there's so much to be learned from this season and experienced that makes you just want to not even worry about loneliness when you have so much else that God has to offer you in this life. Yeah. As begrudgingly as we may say it, it is worth the wait and there's a purpose in the waiting. Yes. Oh my gosh. I can't believe we're saying these things. I know. But it's so true. We've come so far. (laughs) We have really. (laughs) Well, thanks for joining us for another episode, guys. I'm very happy to be back. Yes. We're glad to have you back. Long trek away. So come back on Friday for another couch cast. And then next week we'll be back with another full episode. But until then, I'm Kristen. And I'm Bethany. And this is Looking for the Middle.